0: The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I'm 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I'm Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shocker round the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain, David Crocker. Coming to you from the D-Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Makers Mark Bourbon. This is Don't Tread on America. Your host Don Q. It is Wednesday, May 24th, 2023. Tump day. We got to get to humping. <laughs> All right, guys, let's go. Let's fucking go. All right. I tell you, that song grows on you. <sighs> really? I'm mean, going to put that on my iPhone so I can jam to it at the gym, man. Come on. Fires you up. Gets you ready to go. I mean, it's 2 o'clock as I'm recording this, and I need to go to bed, but damn. Whiskey will it out. All right. Let's talk about our other sponsor to the show, Christian Lawson Watches. Check them out at ChristianLawson.com. Use promo code DTOM at checkout to get... 30% off your purchase price Father's Day is right around the corner Check them out Christianlawson.com Alright, let's get some business out of the way I, I'm going to make this show a quick one One hour later No, but seriously um, Like I said, I've had a hell of a week so far at work Three day, These three days I've already worked about 35 hours I'm tired so, But I'm trying to stick to my three days a week So here we are I got a few things I want to touch on, and then I'm going to bed, so sugar war. All right, guys, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, please share this with your friends, follow the show, subscribe, give us a five-star rating if you can, and uh, yeah, the biggest thing here is, you know, we just want to keep this going. Uh, I was pondering this while I was in the shower. And, uh, it's, why not? I think about the podcast while I'm in the shower, right? You know, with, with, we already know how CNN and MSNBC and all these other situations are, but now with Fox becoming a more of a woke situation, you barely watch them. And when you do watch them, you notice all the BlackRock commercials. That pretty much tells you everything you need to know. And I'll get into BlackRock here in a little bit. But, um, reason whatever podcast you listen to obviously you're listening to this one but whatever other ones you also listen to you'll hear a lot of those those folks say you know to subscribe to the show share the show share this with your friends share this with your normie friends share this with whoever the reason that is is because for the most part your podcast people are not beholden to a corporate infrastructure you know, I listen to like J- Jesse Kelly. Now basically his podcast is a his radio show. But he's kinda in the lines of a you know, he's on a conservative radio show. You know, so he follows more in the lines of a Rush Limbaugh type show. And he talks smack about whatever. Um but a lot of his sponsors that he uses are are um conservative friendly our, our our thought process friendly so he can kind of say what he wants to say but i think listening to mainstream podcasts like bongino you know Poso, some of these other guys uh uh Meg and kelly are people that aren't beholden to fox and a radio uh per se that they can kind of say what they want to say and the reason that's important is you have places like Fox and CNN and MSNBC. You I guarantee you have a ton of people, even on CNN and MSNBC, that want to say other things but can't. About I don't know two years or so ago, I can't recall the anchor's name, but she was on ABC, and she there was a hot mic moment. I think it was on Project Veritas where she was complaining how she had all this info on Epstein. She had all this stuff in the in the the network killed it so surely there's people on any news situation abc nbc cbs cnn msnbc whatever it is fox that want to say more and can't the one person on fox that pretty much spoke his mind and got the ratings for it got fired so it kind of falls in line with everything else we're seeing nowadays with companies and the wokeness and all the bullshit and i think the show today is going to give you a better idea as to why that is but first i got a little music for you Boy, the way Glenn
1: Miller
0: songs that made the hit parade guys like us we had it made those, those were, were the days, days. And you do when you want it! That's for girls and men and women. Mister, we
1: could use, use a man, man like Hyper Hoover over again. again. Didn't need no welfare state. Everybody
0: pulled his weight. GRL is so red, great. So you guys probably recognize that theme song from All in the Family, right? You listen to the lyrics. Girls were girls and men were men. Right? I don't know that we need someone like Herbert Hoover again, but that's, <laughs> that's irregardless. But um, times were a lot better. Now, if you guys are in my age range or older, you know what I'm talking about on The Family. And you also know that that show could never be remade. That show is dead in the water <laughs> as it were. If it were remade today it'd be woke as fuck. So, why 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 are Americans being forced to love transgender people? Like I've said before, less than 8% of this country identifies as LGBTQIA whatever it is plus Actually, I I give them credit for the 8%. Actually, it's 7.2%, which equates to about 24 million people in this country. Out of 334 million people, 24 million of those people identify in this category. And I bet you there's a chunk of those people that don't like all this stuff that's going on. You have your... (laughs) I don't, I don't know the adjective I want to use here, but you're legitimate gay people that probably think a lot of this stuff is stupid, right? There's, there's gay people, transgender people, you know, that just want to live their life, right? Whether they're men loving men, women loving women, whatever the case may be, and they don't go around sashaying and announcing it to God and everybody else. So when you say seventy, seven point two percent identify, how many of those? are actually gay or lesbian or trans or whatever the case may be. It's probably a lower number than that, to be honest with you. But whatever, we're going to go with these statistics. 7.2, which equates to roughly 24 million people. So what about the other 310 million people in this country that don't identify like this? I mean, we don't, in all honesty, we don't give the black population this much oomph you know i mean like okay with with the gay people you have what, was like a week or two ago we had the gay uh i can't remember what it's called but i talked about it on the show it was like gay hate day or anti Hate day or whatever it was and then in june you got or in june i think it is you got pride month so you got a whole month dedicated to them for that now granted you have black history month and you have like mlk you have these things but <laughs> How often do you see? Think of think of everything that's going on recently with with companies. We don't see this much love for the white man or the black man or the black woman, white white woman, the straight, regular old working class Joes that get her done. We're seeing so much of this crap, and you know, first it was Bud Light, and that was the talk that kind of started everything. Right Then we rolled into Target. And then there was Miller. Which Miller wasn't really an LGB situation. It was more of a women power type thing. Which you know whatever. But still the wokeness aspect of it. And while all these companies stocks and sales continue to drop. (laughs) There's others. It's it's steamrolling. It's one after another. And it's not little pissant companies. Wait till next month. Wait till June hits. The end of this. I guarantee you. This, what what is today, 24th, right? So we're rolling into Memorial Day, which rolls into June. Guarantee it within the next week, you're going to see a barrage of commercials from random um, companies, you know, like world or, you know, major companies that are going to be pushing the LGBTQ pride situation agenda. Pepsi, Coke, you know, all of them. McDonald's. I mean, it's, there's, it's not going to stop. And we can get upset at bud light and the dylan Mulvaney thing we can get upset with target and their situation and um you know we can look at miller light and and whoever else is next and we get upset and we stop buying bud light and we stop going to target and their sales drop and their stock market their stock prices drop but they don't stop so this this i talked about target like a week and a half ago it's starting to hit mainstream media. Of course, you know, they're a day late and a dollar short. They must listen to the D Tom show and get their information about whatever. Pretty soon they're going to start drinking whiskey on air, right? Anyway, <laughs> uh, just make sure it's maker's mark. Anyway, um, why is this? Why? No one's <laughs> we're not getting around the center of the why. And I did some digging and I think I found out, but there's two more companies stepping up to the plate. <laughs> two more companies, here we go. So we got Adidas and this isn't news. This is kind of started out about a few days ago. I'm gonna play this clip. This is from uh, Karen Tibber, Leland. She's from Sterling uh, Consulting and Marketing Group. And this is what she had to say about the situation.
1: I think the way this was done hurt Adidas brand overall i think it did more harm than good in terms of the brand also it became about the way they did it not about what they were trying to support and so to me that's the ultimate example of why it hurt their brand is it didn't really even achieve what to achieve it made it made it about them rather than about the community they were trying to support just for context, Adidas made did a partnership with a South African designer and they partnered together to create what they called a pride themed apparel line. And so Adidas is promoting a very particular point of view with that collection. Obviously Adidas is making a very strong statement by what they did. There's no question about that. You know, Does that statement help or hurt the brand? I think there's a couple of points here. I think one is it depends on the audience that you're speaking to. So part of the backlash that they faced was from women because while they may be supporting LGBTQIA rights, what didn't feel appropriate for a lot of people was that what appeared to be a male was modeling a women's bathing suit, right? By the way, to this point, their shares, the Adidas shares fell 3% in 24 hours after the ad appeared. That's a big drop. So they had got a very negative reaction, but I'm not so certain that the reaction was to the fact that they were supporting pride in that community. The reaction was more to the fact that they had a man, um, what appeared to be a biological man modeling what was considered a women's swimsuit. Now they could have avoided the whole crisis had they said that the swimsuit line was unisex, for example, right? So again, I don't think it was so much their support of that community as it was that the controversy was over how they executed it, how they dealt with it. And I don't know that that was on purpose on their part. I'm not sure that they actually thought that through. I think the other part that was bad for their brand was the model, again, who appeared to be a male. I. I have not heard how that person self-identifies, but the model who appeared to be a man, there was a very distinct um, bulge showing in the bottom of the suit, which also many, many people found offensive. So they were sort of damaging their brand on many different fronts one of the shifts that's happened is that it used to be we expected corporations to stay out of this and now the expectation is that corporations and businesses will weigh in. It's a complete turnaround from from where it used to be. And to be honest, companies don't really know how to think about that. So I think one thing is, is people like companies like Adidas are testing the waters to see how they can do that. There was the whole incident with Bud Light, you know, last month. There's a whole incident between Ron DeSantis and Disney. So, you know, this is cropping up everywhere. It's not just, it's not just Adidas. I think what happens is one, because it's new, these companies aren't sure where the line is and two, because it's new, they're not necessarily thinking through what is really the the messaging that we want to have here? What's the refinement of messaging? So I think Adidas just threw a bunch of different things together and voila, there's your ad. But I don't know that they really took the time to think, what is the essence of the message we're trying to communicate here? And how is what we're putting out reflecting that message or not? You you can't make everyone happy. That's why you have to do what's authentic. But you do have to think through, intelligent execution. And I find a lot of companies do not think through intelligent strategy or intelligent execution when it comes to these issues. Kylie Gaines has been very vocal about her distress and her feelings about this. And she has a point, which is that female athletes have worked very hard to overcome the bias against female athletes in that world, right? There's a big there's a big bias against women in that world. There still is. And they've female athletes have worked extremely hard to overcome that. And I think there is a sense of you know, why are you taking away from a woman if it's a woman's bathing suit? Why are you taking away from that as opposed to a unisex suit, which obviously by its title could be either one? I don't know that they'll face devastating losses, but I do think they're going it's going to have an impact on their brand. I do think it's obviously impacted their share price. I think they are going to need to rethink as they move through how they execute that. And they need to consider the other constituencies that they have, you know, women athletes, the other groups that they have and how those groups feel about the way that they went about expressing that support. I think it would be a mistake for them not to do a deep dive on what didn't work here and how they could prevent that in the future while still retaining their commitment to those rights. I think it depends on how they handle it and what they do next. That's what I think is going to make the difference.
0: So I think the key here is that, like she was saying, the Adidas thing isn't necessarily about transgenderism per se because they don't, the guy doing the bathing suit modeling doesn't, it's not like uh, Bud Light where you know the person was transgender, right? It's not like, target where you can go in there and you get smacked in the face with transgenderism because if realistically if this dude playing the role of a chick in the chick bathing suit um, was wanting to not show his manhood so to speak he would have bought the bathing suit from target that has the tuck pouch so you wouldn't see his bulge right so i think this is a play more on the situation of like Riley Gaines, right? She mentions Riley Gaines. If you don't know who she is, she's a swimmer from the University of Kentucky in the national championships. I think she finished second. And you're thinking, okay, big deal. She finished. what well, she finished second to that Leah Thompson chick, dude, from Penn, who was a you know an average at best male swimmer, dominated the women's series this past year, won the national championship in swimming. Riley Gaines finished second, <clears throat> so she has every right to be pissed off because. Idea, I, I, <laughs> logically speaking, she would have been first place if it wasn't for that dude, right? And I think that's the thing. We we we're so worried about letting people identify as whatever. We're so worried about Leah Thompson or Tom or whatever identifying as a woman to let this guy swim with women because he identifies as such to dominate women swimming over the course of the season. But. why here here's my thoughts on the whole identifying as a whatever okay in order for you to compete okay now and i've heard this on other podcasts i've heard people suggest okay maybe there needs to be you know if it's such a if there's so many of these people there needs to be a trans league right and how come it is that you don't see women that want to be dudes trying to compete with dudes why is that? Okay, if you're a female, if you were born a female, now you're transitioning to be a guy. And let's say you're going the whole nine yards. You got the, what's it called, the top surgery. You're getting uh, testosterone. You're getting all these situations to become a man, right? Why don't those chick dudes, or dude chicks, <laughs> why don't they compete at, You know, against the men? Because they can't. No no, ma- no matter of surgeries and supplements is going to get you to that level. It's scientific proof. It's so funny how you have these certain types of people that are so on board with the transgender movement. And that you can identify as whatever you want. Oh, my baby wants to be a girl. Oh, he wants to be a boy. Oh. Um, he wants to be. She wants to be a boy. Anyway. And these are the same people that'll tell you that it doesn't matter what you were born as. You can identify as whatever you want. These are the same people that were saying, trust the science and take the vaccine. Take two, three, four, five, ten, twenty 20 shots. Trust the science. It's here to save you. But you don't trust the science or God for that matter. So not to get off subject but just kind of popped in my mind and that's what we do here and it's a situation of we we talk about we can get into abortion and i'm not going to get into a whole abortion abortion talk but just dawned on me okay so during covid a lot of people that were anti taking the covid vaccine yours truly used the the pro choices words against them in that situation my body my choice and i think i haven't talked about it on one of the shows where i was like <laughs> it's funny how we use words both sides use the same words for different meanings like on uh, if you're an anti-covid vaccine person you make that argument my body my choice i'm not taking your vaccine right and then on the left and people that are pro-abortion are going to sit there and say my body my choice if i want an abortion i get an abortion here's the difference We talk about trusting the science, right? So these people also that want to chop off their dicks and whatever, their tits and dicks and whatever else they got, um, are also ones that are probably triple, quadruple, sextuplet, uh, vaxxed, talking about trust the science. And I think my sense of it is this. I trust God. What do I mean by that? So, during COVID and the big COVID scare of 2020, 2021, 2020 part of two, <coughs> I trusted God and my immune system that I was born with to get me through. And I got COVID and I was perfectly fine. Um, I knew people that had the vaccine, got COVID and got sick. So, at that point, you should have realized it was a bullshit situation and i trust god that if a woman gets pregnant she has the baby now the whole my body my choice thing that the pro uh abortionist will say okay but it's not your body it's a baby what about that person don't they get a choice well, it's not a person until it to exits the body. Well, technically, it's a person once it has a heartbeat. Thus, the reason you see a lot of states passing heartbeat bills, which are like six weeks, eight weeks, whatever. And uh, <laughs> we've got to get past trusting the science and trusting God. And that's my lecture for today on Jesus Christ. Now back to uh, the lesson at hand. <laughs> so we just talked about Adidas. Adidas. Probably, you probably haven't heard this one. Now, this is uh, from Levi's, Levi Strauss, and this is another commercial. I'm gonna go ahead and play it. Obviously, you can't see the commercial. Just listen to what these two people say. Coming in hot, you turn down something.
1: Personal real. style is the most important thing.
0: I feel a lot more freedom when I include more masculine elements into my style. I was
1: always obsessed with women in my life. The way that what they did was for themselves. My style has changed a whole bunch and I expect
0: that it will continue to change probably forever.
1: Whatever feels the most natural is what anyone should be doing.
0: I have a pair of 501s and I just continually get patched. You can find a number to fit your body in the way that it is you want to be shown.
1: It's an amazing time to be able to express yourself in a very personal style. It's a time where we're all really free to express ourselves how we want to. Okay.
0: And I'm fine with that. If you as a guy with hair longer than my wife and a beard thicker than mine... (laughs) <laughs> want to wear a dress and look like a total fucking idiot? Your choice. If you're a chick with a mullet and you want to wear dude jeans, once again, your choice. I don't care. I don't care that Bud Light hires some chick dude to pimp its beer. I don't care that Target has a whole fucking section dedicated to making your child a faggot or a damn transvestite. I'm sorry for the language, but I'm a little heated. I don't care that Levi's wants to pimp its products to queers and lesbians. I don't care. You know why? Because guess what? I don't have to buy Levi's. I don't have to drink Bud Light. Never did. Don't have to go to Target. Don't like going there anyway. I don't have to do that. I don't wear Adidas. I can't sit here and pimp Nike because they were sponsoring fucking Dylan Mulvaney also. You know what I've been buying lately? BK Knights, British Knights, right? BKs. Remember those? Yeah, you can buy those now. Look them up. VK. I don't know that they're woke or not, but hell, they're still the same old school fucking brand from back in the 80s. I got three pair. You know what else I'm buying? And, of course, I might regret saying this because maybe they'll become woke and all this shit, too. But the Hey Dudes are comfortable as fuck. got three pair. So, fuck Nike. Fuck Adidas. Fuck Levi's. Fuck Target. Fuck Bud Light. Never liked them anyway fuck them all and we can say that we can do that and their stock prices are dropping and their sales are dropping and and you read articles well first it was bud light then it was target now it's adidas now it's levi's now it's this now it's that what's going on well and that's the question that's what what we're talking about here today what's going on 7.2 percent of this country identify like this and I would be even one of the bet that not that many of those 7.2 even give a shit about all this. <laughs> Why would companies continue to do this? Okay, If you have ever worked at a company that's retail. okay, If you've ever worked at Walmart or Target or Walgreens. Anything like that. Now I've told you guys in the past that I don't work for them now. I haven't been with them in 20 plus years. But I used to be a manager for Walmart. And the biggest thing we were always told was, okay, so if you work for one of these companies and sales aren't so well, for whatever reason, sales aren't so well, they cut hours, right? Because in these companies, sales, yes, but it's all about profit, okay? And I had a boss that used to always say when we complain about being short, we're shorthanded, we're shorthanded, we need more people. Well, we're cutting hours. We can't do it because we're not hitting our numbers. And what was the the thing that I was always told? Sales cures everything. You want more people to do whatever jobs need to be done besides taking care of the customer? (laughs) Sales. We need sales. And you could sit there and make the argument, well, if I don't have people to run registers, I don't want people to do this, that, or the other thing, I'm not going to get the sales. Valid point. Enter self-checkouts. Now these companies are dealing with higher shrink numbers because most people that go through those self-checkouts walk out with something you know but nonetheless <clears throat> why do companies persist if you're a company that had a transvestite and this came out recently about the can of beer for uh, dylan mulvaney it was one can and i told you way back when That it was probably just that one can or a six pack or whatever it was that was made. It's not like you saw that in stores. (laughs) And it's just because this dude had such a high following that we even knew about it. Who else did they send cans out to, right? But this isn't new. It feels new. It feels like we're being bombarded here in May of 23 that this is new, right? Well, this is an article from two years ago, June fifth of twenty one, to be exact. Okay BlackRock's number one goal in woke investing. Huge ESG funds haul. And and I think that's pretty much what I'm titling the show today is ESG and the war on women. Because I think that's what this evolves around. We think of transvestites and LBGT, whatever. And we think of it being a war on, like with Bud Light. We think of it being a war on the good old boys. And that's what we drink in the South, which Bud Light tastes like absolute piss water. I don't care about dealing with any, it's nasty beer, but nonetheless. um, And then, but that's one situation. Everything else is about women against women. Transvestite men uh, compete. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but you know what I'm talking about. Chick dudes competing against women in women's sports. Whatever the sport is. Um, women or men, <laughs> men modeling in women's bathing suits. Men that got surgery to be a woman posing on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Men uh, posing in women's workout wear, Nike workout wear. Men doing this men doing that that should be a woman's job not saying a woman's job not saying oh it's a man in the kitchen he's cooking dinner that's a woman's job i'm not saying that i'm saying if women play women's basketball swimming whatever soccer whatever it is we expect it to be women if a company whoever the company is nike adidas whoever is putting out swimwear or exercise wear for women we expect a woman to to model said outfit, right? So that's where I'm going with this whole ESG thing. And it's, it's focus on tearing down women. And I can't help but wonder why. But as far as why companies are doing this, this will answer, hopefully answer some questions. So this is from two years ago. So, progressives love the story of Engine Number One, a small activist investor that just fought its way onto the board of what many wokesters consider the most vile company in the world, oil giant ExxonMobil. Most activists think Paul Singer and Carl Icahn are in it for the money. Engine Number One wants to make money with a progressive twist the funds founders argue that there's a uh, gold in green these savvy veteran investors say making the world a better better and greener place will translate into big earnings for companies and bigger returns for shareholders windmills apparently can produce energy efficient efficient energy as a profit electric cars will soon be replacing gas guzzlers whether it's centennial expansion beyond the woke is a matter of debate. Now, you might be asking yourself, now you're talking about green energy. What does that got to do with gays and lesbians and everything? Just hold on. You have to know what ESG stands for before <laughs> we can have this conversation. Whether this sentiment expands beyond the woke is a matter of debate. I know plenty of investors who aren't convinced that green investing convinced that green investing is anything more than a political-induced fad that will never make money. And wouldn't get financing if it weren't for government grants. And that's true. This ad is two years old. As proof, they point to the world's greenest company, electric car maker Tesla, which feasts on government subsidies and barely turns a profit despite its much hype stock price. Of course, that hasn't stopped the progressive celebrations over the news that Exxon wants to have three reps from engine number one on its board. (coughs) Excuse me. Engine number one. Uh, wants the company to figure out ways to reduce its carbon footprint, which, again, sounds good until you realize it's also a fancy way of saying it wants Exxon to do what <laughs> less of what it's good at. Exxon Mobil. Hmm. Okay, so anyone out there know what Exxon Mobil does? Right. They make, they pump oil out of the ground and make gasoline and petroleum. Right. Right, everyone. You're good. Good job, guys. Now you have a board (laughs) where these guys who want a greener society have made their way onto the board of oil of the largest oil company. So we can ask the question, (laughs) why would you want green activists on a major oil company's board? Okay. Which also could have a lot to answer for the gas prices. Hold on. Giving credibility to this apparent lunacy has been one of the biggest and most profitable institution institutional investors out there. BlackRock, the $9 trillion investing monster, monster ran by Larry Fink, may be the most powerful financial firm in the world because it holds shares in large doses of so many big companies. And this can direct corporate policy. Talked about this just a few minutes ago. 48% of Fox News is owned by who? BlackRock. You want to know why T- Tucker Carlson and these people got let go? Why Dan Bongino's contract wasn't renegotiated to the terms he wanted? You want to know why they got rid of Laura Trump? It's simple. BlackRock <laughs> owns, it doesn't own a lot. But it's a major investor in everything. Hell, they sponsor this show. No, I'm joking. So they have enough pool in these companies. Like I said, 48% of Fox. You're thinking, okay, well, they own Fox. They don't own Fox. They own 48%. But they own enough to have influence in that. BlackRock backed its no-name cadre of woke activists, even as Exxon per- basically argued that engine number one wasn't qualified to help run an oil company. With BlackRock on the fun side, ExxonMobil eventually folded like a cheap tent. So essentially, um, you know, Larry Fink, he's a huge cheerleader for the so-called ESG. Now, this was when this article was written two years ago. This is when ESG was kind of a new thing. And what does ESG stand for? environmental, so your green situation, social and corporate governance. Okay, so we go to this next ad. (laughs) So, like I said, you have green situation sponsored by BlackRock, $9 trillion to an oil company that probably made a lot of money that year. (laughs) I don't know the numbers, but... Surely wasn't more than 9 trillion because they salivated over the fact of putting green activists on their oil board. Right? So then we fast forward to this year. And then as the the title of this article is read, inside the CEI system, pushing brands to endorse ce- celebs like Dilla Mulvaney. So this is going to give you an insight to why. Companies are doing these things. Now it's going to center around Dilla Mulvaney because this article was back in April. But you're going to get an idea as to why um, Bud, Nike, uh, Adidas, Target, Levi's, whoever, Adidas are doing what they're doing. So CEI is Corporate Equality Index. So we're working about equity right equality amongst people which is part of your esg score now you're thinking you're don i don't have an esg score and you're right if you don't own a nationally traded publicly traded company you don't have an esg score but guess what if you work for a publicly traded company what does a publicly traded that means it's on the stock market which I would venture to guess if you have a job and you're not working for Bill the, Bob the Builder down the street, you probably work for a company that's publicly traded, thus is woke and falls into the ESG-CEI situation. You might not realize it, but I guarantee you, <laughs> whoever you work for, as we approach the month of May... You're going to see pride situations. You probably saw Black uh, History Month being pushed in your court in your company place. And <laughs> I think, I think as a, as a white man, I I think personally, all these months are stupid. I think it's stupid to have Black History Month. Okay, I'm not racist. Just hold on. I think it's stupid have Gay Pride Month. I think it's stupid to have any one month dedicated to any one situation. Because if we are all... If we are all inclusive and all loving and all whatever, every month should be Black History Month. Every month should be... We should just love everybody. And I have no problem with that. I've said this before. I don't care if you're gay. If you're LGBTQ... And I've gone through the whole... Word salad there. Uh, to me, L, lesbian. G, gay. B, bi. T, trans. A, whatever. I don't know. What all Lesbian, gay, bi, trans, whatever. I think it's gay. If you're a lesbian, you're gay. If you're bi, you're gay. If you're trans, you're probably gay. So, whatever is gay. But I don't care. <laughs> I know gay people. They, it doesn't bother me. I don't care because I'm not forced to care. It's, it's almost like when you force people into doing something, like, what was it, two, three years ago, the whole Black Lives Matter, right? It's like we are forced into seeing that, whether it was through sports or, or whatever. And it was like it pissed a lot of people off and people were like, oh, you're racist. No, because it's not Black Lives Matter. It's all lives matter, white, black, brown, whatever, right? what was it The song from sunday school yeah was it uh, uh black and yellow red and white he is precious we are precious in his right jesus loves the little children of the world right has nothing to do with color so why do we focus on a color or a style or a whatever it's to cause division it's like if you get mouth gagged with black history month or black lives matter you get mouth gagged by LGBT whatever and pride this and pride that and transvestite this and transgender that. It pisses you off because you're not that. It's not because you're white and you hate black people. It's not it's not because you're a dude and you hate gays. It has nothing to do with that. It's that you're tired of being forced into these things. All right? I guarantee it women don't like getting raped because they're forced into raping. Getting raped. So, CEI, executives at companies like Nike, Anheuser-Busch, and Kate Spade, whose brand endorsements have turned controversial trans influencers or Dylan Mulvaney into today's woke it girl, aren't just virtue signaling. They're handing out lucrative deals that were once considered fringe celebrities because they have to or risk a um, failing an all-important social credit score they can make or break their business. Now, Chris and I did a show called Social Credit Score two years ago. If you haven't listened to it, it's old show. I mean, it was one of our first 20 shows probably. Couldn't tell you the date. Don't want to look it up. It's called Social Credit Score. Go look it up. I think it's about two years ago. Good show. And we talked about Social Credit Score. Now, we didn't talk about businesses' Social Credit Score. We talked about your credit, your social credit score or my social credit score and it's similar and and believe you me if, if they're doing this with companies now it won't be long before you're part of this not because of where you work but because of who you are the things you put on social media the things you buy the things you don't buy and these social credit scores that could make or break their businesses so it's not necessarily about the money it's not about the stock prices, not about the sales. It's about social credit score. At stakes is their Corporate Equity Index or CEI score, which is overseen by the Human Rights Campaign, the largest LGB, LGBTQ plus <laughs> political lobbying group in the world. HRC, not Hillary Clinton, but the Human Rights Campaign, which has received millions of dollars from George Soros' Open Society Foundation, among others, issues report cards for America's biggest corporation via the CEI, awarding and subtracting points on how well the companies adhere to what HRC calls its rating criteria. Businesses that attain the maximum 100 total points earn the coveted title, Best Place to Work for LGBTQ Equity. Fifteen of the top 20 Fortune-ranked companies received 100% ratings last year. Interesting. More than 840 U.S. companies tracked up high CEI scores, according to the latest report. Hmm. Yeah. HRC, which is formed in 1980, started the CEI in 2002. It is led by Kelly Robson, who was named president in 22, and were, were political organizi- <laughs> organizers for Barack Obama's 2008 presidential campaign. excuse me the HRC list five major creating criteria, each of which its own lengthy subsets but companies to gain on or lose so woke rating advocacy group human rights campaign introduced a 100 point equity uh, corporate equity index to score companies on their inclusiveness now think about these numbers as I read them whoever you work for I don't care. don't want to know. Just if you work for a publicly traded company, they adhere to this list. Trust me when I tell you this. Now, if you work for a person that owns his or her own company and they make a good living doing it and you make a good salary working for them, they are probably not on this list. But if you work for Walmart, Target, Pepsi, Coke, Anheuser-Busch, Walgreens, uh, CBS. Uh, McDonald's, Denny's, Burger (laughs) King I'm just trying to think of businesses they're a part of this okay? so workforce protections five points possible no discrimination for employees or sexual orientation or gender identity now obviously this is scored based on what they say and do so if you work for whoever, if you work for a major company And that company employs 20,000 people, let's just say. If they have enough complaints that there is um, discrimination against sexual orientation or gender identity, then they don't get points. They, They lose points. And that's for all these things inclusive benefits 50 points possible criteria here includes providing health care for sex sex couples so I'm assuming that means if you work wherever you work and you let uh, you work at wherever you work and you get your health care so usually in what October November they do uh, open enrollment right and you uh, want to get health care for me and my wife or just me or me and the kids, whatever it is does your company Does your company's health plan offer your partner, (laughs) your same-sex partner, health care? And I actually had an argument with the company I work for. And this was years ago before me and my wife were married. And uh, they, this was 10 years ago, they have had and have where your partner, your same-sex partner, can get health care. Whatever I care, health care, dental care, whatever. And my argument was this at the time, me and my wife were not married. And, um, but we lived together. So I was like, can I get this for my girlfriend? Well, you're not married. Okay. But if I was, if she <laughs> was a man and we lived together, she would qualify. Well, yeah. Okay. How does that work? If I, as a man, am living with another man, and he is my same-sex partner, he would qualify. But because my opposite-sex partner is opposite-sex, they didn't qualify. And I had a problem with that. But I had no complaint because... Why? Technically, I should have been able to sue and gotten gotten them in trouble for discrimination but no you can't do that and it's not that she needed insurance her company she gets insurance so it wasn't that it wasn't about that it was about the question so think about that when your open enrollment comes around this year and if you work for a company that offers this and if you're a man or woman listen to this and let's say you're not married the person you're living with you've been together for however many years you're living together you love each other you're in a committed relationship but you're not getting married ask your comp your company if they offer same-sex health care benefits if they offer opposite sex be interesting question to ask supporting an inclusive culture 25 points including gender-neutral dress codes and trans-inclusive restrooms and facilities corporate social responsibilities 20 points marketing and or advertising to lgbtq customers which would include like nike and bud light's use of transgender spokesperson dylan mulvaney and most of your companies do this you might not see a lot of these commercials the problem the problem with all of this really is the internet realistically because unless you follow dylan mulvaney on on uh tick or wherever this dude's at You would know nothing about this, right? If it wasn't for the internet, you would know. Granted, if it wasn't for the internet, Dylan Mulvaney wouldn't exist, as he is. He would just be some dude. So, we we don't see, like that Levi's commercial I played for you, the, the Adidas commercial, the Adidas situation. If it wasn't for the internet, and Instagram, and Twitter, and all these things, TikTok... You would never know about a lot of these things because surely that Levi's commercial isn't going to just randomly run on Fox News. It's going to run on specific channels at specific times during specific programming, because much like anything else that a company sells, they're targeting a certain spec uh, you know sp- specification of gender or whatever. You see beer commercials and. Chicken wing commercials and shit during football games. You don't see lingerie commercials during football games, right? Responsible citizenship, you get a negative 25 points. Points deducted if a company gives money to organizations whose primary mission includes advocacy against LGBT quality, which would include Christian groups. So if you work for a company that gives money to a church or something along those lines, they lose points. The main core categories are workforce protections, inclusive benefits, supporting inclusive culture, cultural uh, social responsibility and responsible citizenship. The company can lose points if it doesn't fulfill HRCs. Demand for integration of intersectionality in professional development, skills-based on or other training or if it doesn't use a super or I'm sorry, supplier diversity program with demonstrated effort to include certified LGBTQ plus pliers. James Lim- got a little bit of a cold here, guys. So just bear with me. James Lindsay, a political podcaster who runs a site called New Disclosures, told the Post that human rights campaign administrators, administrators, and CIA rankings like a, an extortion racket. It's like the mafia. It doesn't just sit back and passively either. HRC sends representatives to corporations every year. Telling them what kind of stuff they have to make visible at the company. They give them a list of demands. And if they don't follow through. There's a threat that you will not keep your CEI score. So it has nothing to do with stock and sales. And giving a shit about the other 310 million people in this country. It's about the 24 million people. That fall in this category. CI is a lesser-known part of the burgeoning ESG ethical investing movement, increasingly pushed by the top countries' three investment firms, which are BlackRock, Vanguard, Vanguard BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street Bank. Uh, who are among the top shareholders in most American publicly traded corporations like Nike, Anheuser-Busch, and Kate Spade? So you have a situation where these companies, Levi's, the companies I just mentioned, most of your news corporations, CNN, H, uh, M- MSNBC, ABC, CBS, you know, these companies. So ABC is run by Disney. Disney is a corporation, BlackRock is a major investor in Disney. Do you do you understand the connections here? NBC is run and MSNBC is run by Universal Black, uh, Vanguard, major major shareholder in that company. Fox, BlackRock. We've talked about this. So your news is dominated by these people, and then these people own majority stocks in Nike, Anheuser Busch, Kate Spade, Adidas, Levi's. <laughs> whoever else is next. I did a show a while back talking about uh, Ancestry. Like people, oh, I'm gotta, i going to do Ancestry. I want to see where my people come from. Uh, well, just to let you know, Vanguard is a major investor in that company. What does it matter, Don? Who cares? Oh, well, because you're giving them your DNA. Just to let you know. So, when we ask the question, why... Are these companies doing that? Losing money. Look at the sales. Look at the sales. They don't care. Look at their fucking CEI score. Look at their ESG score. It's probably through the fucking roof. And that's ultimately what matters. They don't give a shit about the 310 million people that don't identify like this. It's about these numbers. (laughs) And it's mind-boggling to think because old school Don wants to say, sales cures all. But nowadays, it doesn't seem to work like that. So ESG, a woke scam infecting our corporations and changing our nation. So this is from a year ago. I'm going to kind of skim through this because we've already talked about what ESG is and what it stands for. So now if you're like most Americans, you probably think climate change is one issue. Social justice is a completely separate issue. And the relationship between workers and their bosses is a third entirely. ESG brings the culture and political dominance of the culture uh, climate change and social justice narratives into one mighty fist that is beating its way through the one boardroom after another. In turn, what's decided in those boardrooms becomes values we advocate in the public square. So it's fitting the backlash has arrived. Politicians, investors, and everyday citizens are attacking ESG now. Like I said, this is from a year ago. Um, insisting that it hurts local industries, delivers subpar returns, and fundamentally changes the uh, vital fiduciary relationships between investors and asset manager. Although ESG investing uh, insidiously changes traditional American values, all while I never have having stand before American people to ask their permission. But the real danger to society is ESG is a win-win for climate control or um, climate change activist and social justice warrior who could bypass the ballot box. So essentially it's not about you or me or your neighbor or the other 310 million people. So the question is this or I think the the resolve is this and I'm going to close with this because we're, we're approaching an hour. And I didn't want to go an hour, but here we are. But, <laughs> hi, I'm Don. I think the thing is this. We talk about these handful of companies, and there's more. But we're focused on Anheuser-Busch, Nike, Adidas, Levi's, whoever else, right? Miller. We're focused on these companies when there's that's just the peak. That's just the top of the, the pecking order most of us wear adidas or nikes true it's true like i told you i bought bks i've got three pair i got wear. hey dudes i don't know who owns (laughs) those companies or who invest in those companies i do know i don't see a bunch of freak shows pimping their products so there we go the key is the 310 million of us that don't fall into this 7.2% of the population. How many of those people, how many of those 310 million really give a shit? And Kid Rock and me and you and everyone listening to this and your other podcast that are saying the same shit. We can say, I'm not buying Bud Light. I'm not buying Adidas. I'm not buying these products. Cool. And that might be a million of us. That might be 3 million of us. That could be 10 million of us. (laughs) that's a drop in the bucket because now you're only talking, what, 3% of the country that might be so outraged. You might hear about it because whatever podcast you listen to, including this one, we're talking about it. You might see it on Fox News. They don't dwell on it because BlackRock's standing there watching them. But for, for the people that are screaming... About this and we're boycotting. We're not buying Bud Light. There's still a shit ton of people that are. Their sales haven't dropped to zero. And the kicker is. Is even though. You might even see Bud Light sales tanking. 20 something percent. Bud Light blah blah blah. What is Anheuser-Busch's sales at? And that was my whole thing. Before was. We can whine and cry about Bud Light. All day long. Cool. (laughs) They're not the company. They're a brand of the company. Okay? They're one of <laughs> 50 different things that Anheuser-Busch sells. I, I don't know if 50 is right, but it sounds about right. So, in essence, you can't boycott Bud Light and then buy Bush Light or Miller Light. Or not Miller, but Michelob Light. Uh, Natural Light. Or Bud. Or... 50% of the other beers that are out there because it's probably Anheuser-Busch. And then if you're saying, well, I'm not buying Miller Lite because of that bullshit commercial. Bah, oh, I'm going to buy, you know, whatever else, I don't know, Coors Light. Well, Coors and Miller are a different company. Really? Because they believe they're owned by Coors. <laughs> so if you're going to, if we really want to put a hurting on these people and we really want to affect them, because BlackRock and Vanguard and these companies aren't stupid. They think you're stupid. And in all honesty, I'm going to have to say this because you're not going to like what I'm going to have to say, but here we go. <laughs> They're right. Because you're still buying Miller Lite or Coors Light. You might not be buying Miller Lite, buying Coors Light, same company. You might not be buying Bud Light, but you're buying Michelob Light or Bush Light or Natural Light. Same company so even though bud lights numbers might be dropping and <laughs> we we've probably heard the story that anheuser bush is going to buy back all the beer from the distributors they're not buying it back they're subsidizing it they're going to say okay we'll take those thousand cases whatever it is a bud light from you and we're going to give you a thousand cases of mick or 500 mick and 500 bush light, whatever it is oh hey we got new bush light coming out we got i saw it in the store today bush Light Peach. We're gonna give you that. we to take your Bud Light back. So you're not really, <laughs> you're not really doing anything. So in essence, I'm not. I've, I've waned away from beer drinking. I am more of a whiskey man now. But if I'm going to drink beer, and pretty much if I've ever drank beer, as much as I've drank beer, it's always been yin, Yingling. I'm not just saying that because of now it's true. Yingling or Yingling Light. Now I will have to say I do like Landshark. Unfortunately. Landshark. I don't know that Anheuser-Busch makes it. But they distribute it. So whatever. But fortunately I don't really drink beer anymore. So it doesn't really matter. Stop buying these companies. If you really want to make an impact. Because guarantee you. BlackRock can own a chunk of these companies. Vanguard, these companies, these these investment firms can own a chunk of these companies and they could be the ones pushing these ESG and CEI and all this crap, and I get that. If they don't have any sales, (laughs) they're going to change their tune. Not if Bud Light doesn't have any sales, but if Anheuser-Busch, period, doesn't have sales. So if you care... And if it's a big deal to you, when you go to a store and I really want a beer, I'm telling you right now, just buy Yingling. You got Yingling, Yingling Light, Yingling Flight. They have a Pilsner. Knock yourself out. If you're not sure, I get it. Oh, I'm gonna get this beer. It's not. It's not Budweiser. You might want to Google it. Just make sure because Bud Budweiser makes a lot of beer. All right. So, with that being said. And, and let me finish with this real quick, real quick, real quick. Hold on. Ladies, you guys, you guys of all should be the pissed off the most, in all honesty, because this is a war against you. And the crazy thing about this, there's so many women that support this movement when really the war is against you. The war isn't against me or the other dude or people drinking Bud Light. It's not about that. It's about guys <laughs> taking your place. Uh, not in my house, but in most places. Oh, here's the applause. All right, guys. Well, I guess with that being said, guys, make sure you go to our social media platforms on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and the ticker talker at Don't Tread on America and check us out at on the Twitter machine at DTOM underscore 1775. And please, guys, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, please, please follow the show, share the show, subscribe to the show. It's free. It's free. Just help a brother out. Come on. You're already listening to the show. Just help me out. Other than that, guys, it is April, uh, April. May 24, 2023. You guys have a great day, and I'll talk to you again on Friday.